Hello and welcome to another episode of Meta Sidekicks. My name is Liv. This is M. M. Say hi. What's up? <laughs> so Oak has this new sound, mm-hmm. and he's been experimenting with noises. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of his favorite ones is going oh wah, because he likes to do a monster noise where it's like ah, and then another one was like oh wah, and then every time he does it, I go. Save your pity for the week. I'm wow. Try, I'm trying to get him to go, Wah-ah-ah-ah. and he won't, but we try. Because that's hard to do. <laughs> I mean, if he can do a wah, it was hard for you to do. It was pretty cool, though. <sighs> Just wait. He's going to be like 10 months old, and I'm going to teach him how to scre- sing Screamo, and you mm-hmm. guys can do duets. Do, do, duets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, we are Psychic Medium's best friends. Twin Flames, and this is Meta Psychics, our podcast and all things metaphysical, spiritual, and in between. And, you know, since we're psychic mediums and best friends, we made a podcast. And we have a YouTube channel, if you are new here. So if you don't just like listening to things, but you also like watching things, go ahead on over to Meta Psychics on YouTube. But if you're listening to this on Meta Psychics Extras, our YouTube channel, then you can like, comment, subscribe, share, and look at everything else that's on there. Because that's a fun time. But guess what, guys? Happy New Year! Chicken butt. Oh, chicken butt. (laughs) I was going to say Happy New Year, almost. Because this is going to come out almost before the New Year. Or after. It's almost the New Year. Okay. How do you feel about that? I don't know. (laughs) I'm excited for it because I like the number 24. And I also don't like numbers that are uneven. So that's how I feel this year is going to go. Okay. (laughs) Do you have any like New Year stuff that you're excited about? I am glad for this to be this year to be over. (laughs) I'm waiting for June of next year. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be fun. You got plans in June? Yeah, to not be sad. (laughs) To not be sad. I'm sorry. Yeah, it'll get better. We'll see. Because our business is gonna do even better than it did this year and last year, and it's gonna blow up the world. We're gonna become ibuprofen. Remember? No. All right, so what we learned in boating school is this is our 2023 spiritual spankings. We try to do this every year, and it's just like a thing that we do to talk about the things that we've learned this year. Are you excited? Are you? Yeah, we talked about it in the video, but I'm excited because podcasts are fun. (laughs) All right, so one of the things that I learned this year, and we're just going to change off. I'll do one. You tell me yours Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a good time Mm -hmm. was that meditation is not what you think it is unless you want it to be. So one of the things I learned this year was that meditating is not the same thing for everyone. A lot of times I feel like it's people telling people to be quiet and sit in a quiet room and like clear your mind of everything. But sometimes that puts people to sleep like me. So I've learned through talking to people, verification and validation from my spirit guides, that meditation is simply doing something that allows you to get in a sort of meditative state in which your brain can receive metaphysical information. For me, those activities aren't sitting in a quiet room because that's harder for me. What is easy for me is to clean horse stalls or go for a walk with my dog in the woods or drive a car. Those things are meditative for me. They get my brain into some sort of relaxed state in which my spirit guides can talk to me more easily, at least for me. Em tells me she talks to her spirit guides all the time. 
Yep. And that All just blows my mind. <laughs> it blows my mind that it doesn't happen to you. I know. I don't so. I don't know. Our brains are just different. But yeah, I don't know. They talk to me all the time. I don't need to be in a meditative native state to talk to them. Mm-hmm. There are times where I see my spirit guides physically. That's crazy to me. It's crazy to me too. <laughs> so I don't know. My meditative state is uh, watching TV. So from what I can understand, because I get these questions a lot based on my spiritual gifts readings is... The way in which you meditate or change your state of mind in order to get metaphysical information is based upon how your gifts work or the way in which you think. So if you are very visual, maybe doing something visual like watching television will help you do that. Or maybe drawing or maybe writing things. It depends on what all of your gifts are. So a lot of times I'll explain to people if you're very clear audience, you should listen to music and that will help focus your mind to do certain things. Or if you're clairaudient and clairsentient, writing things down is going to help you because you're getting words and you're translating it to writing on a piece of paper. So, yeah. Sometimes it could be washing the dishes. I talked to a woman and she's like, I always talk to my grandmother when I'm washing the dishes and I swear that sometimes I hear her and like get information. I'm like, you probably are. Keep washing the dishes. So whatever it is that you like to do, that sort of relaxes you and gets you into that zen-like mind state, whether it's gardening, swimming, listening to music, watching TV, vacuuming. That's my husband saying. He loves to freaking vacuum. Do it, because that's what meditation can be. For you. Your turn. <laughs> so one of the things that I learned is about primitive souls. So primitive soul is basically what your soul's general energy is so the way i like to understand it is we are a part of a collective the best way for me to understand what a collective is is it's like the collective of cells that make up your body so each cell has a different specialization in order to perform specific jobs to support the body so for example certain cells may be associated to the heart or may be associated to your skin or maybe associated to other organs. So on a like spiritual level, we are a part of a collective as well. And I see it very similarly to this example of like cells of a body. We have specialization and that is where our primitive soul comes from. We become specialized by the things that we are near or close to similar to how the body works. So for example, the reason why this came to a head and like became one of the spiritual spankings is we started doing past life readings and we do them. They're like an exclusive service for uh, Patreon. But we did this past life reading where it was explained to us that the reason this person lived all of these very specific lives was in association to the way in which her soul's energy was or the specialization of her soul. So in this specific reading, this person's soul was associated to language So her soul, her incarnations are associated to how they would incarnate if they were trying to understand their specialization of language. So for example, in the past, they had a lot of masculine presenting incarnations, past lives, and further into the future, it was more associated to female female past lives. 
And these specific past lives, if you can understand how language works, in the past, men had more of a voice than women do now. So that's why they had more past lives in the past as male figures and now more female lives in the like more present tense. And they also had a lot of past lives that dealt with travel. So they traveled to different locations where they may have smoked different languages or were bilingual. They also were incarnated in different parts of the world where they would have different languages that they spoke. They also had lives before spoken language where they did things in more of a body language, telepathy sort of way. So each one of these lives are associated to how language is. So if you understand that, like saying of the universe is experiencing itself how does a collective learn more things than what it already knows and that is learning about itself so if it can learn about itself that is the universe experiencing itself it can gain more understanding and knowledge sounds kinky so we i am a death soul and live is a life soul and we did a, like, I made her do an Akashic Records reading on me, and she told me I was a green ball associated to the coating of fire or some shit. hmm So our souls are as old as what life and death is. So if you have a soul that is was existing before life, then you would be an older soul than we are. Yeah. I think uh, I did a, we did a past life reading after the person that had the, primordial soul of communication and the person after that had a primordial soul dealing with light yeah because they had past lives as lights from like stars the energy that's given off from that and it corresponded into subsequent lives afterwards of chlorophyll within plants and chlorophyll deals with the light sensing cells within plants that create energy and the green pigment of them And then after that, another life as a fairy of plants because it dealt with, you know, light and plants and the space in between those things. And I just thought that was super cool, too. So primordial souls are like the theme of your life or lives, which is fun. Yeah, because we just read a lady that deals with fungus. So she deals with she's a death soul that restarts the cycle. Mm hmm. So she incarnated as a, like, fungus fairy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really freaking cool. <laughs> it's fun guy, my guy. Wow. <laughs> All right. Another thing I learned this year was uh, a little bit about paranormal investigations. And it was, the first thing is that entities can't follow you home unless you really let them but that also doesn't matter anyways because you could just not even be at a place and have an entity from a place haunt you because like em says separation is an illusion and you don't have to physically do anything or be somewhere for something to associate itself to you so that's why people say what i do not claim this negative energy (laughs) yeah they like to write it in our comments those are one of my favorites Mm mm-hmm it's like, well, why are you watching our, our content then? But anyways, for example, we were coming home from the Fairfield Infirmary during one of our paranormal, paranormal investigations. And there's this wide-eyed smile entity thing in the back seat. And Em made a good point today when we were filming our video, which was... Well, I feel like that wasn't from the Fairfield Infirmary. I feel like 
it was like some dark thing associated to Anthony because of the things that were there were scary. So he manifested that thing to come near it because if you push out scared energy, scared energy gets attracted back to you. So attachments, um, things that follow you home, they aren't necessarily following you home. You're just attracting some sort of dark thing associated to you to help with your problems. But there are, like, you can perceive things from haunted locations, like dark things, but it doesn't mean that they're, like, in the same physical space as you yeah. necessarily. I don't know. Yeah, like I'm said with attachments, it's like if you have the scared energy that come towards you, don't be Patrick with a cookie in your pocket. <laughs> Remember that episode? Mm-hmm. SpongeBob's like, Gary, why do you hate me? And it's just because Patrick had a cookie in his pocket. If you have negative energy or the cookie in your pocket, Gary's going to follow you home. But if you take that cookie and you throw it somewhere else, it'll be fine. But again, we went to the Conjuring house with Amanda from Mackie and Amanda, and I was really nervous about going there again because I was one month postpartum and I was bringing my new baby and my mom and they didn't go to the Conjuring house. They stayed in the hotel. That's why my mom came with us. But it was a lot. And I was like, this is scary. I'm worried about it. And just being worried about it. I was having the scary things that I know about from the conjuring house bothering me in my home for a short amount of time because I was just thinking about it and projecting those fears upon myself. So they were like, Hey bitch, you called cool. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. I feel like you were seeing things from the conjuring house, Mm -hmm. but I was in my home. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, separation is an illusion. And it doesn't matter. Just don't have a cookie in your pocket, which is your scaredness. And yeah, I just, I feel like the things that were with Anthony was just a projection of those things that were at Fairfield, but the dark entity made itself look that way. Mm-hmm. But it is associated to Anthony to help him deal with stuff. I understand. Yeah, he was really scared so when we were there. It's like different because mm-hmm. you were seeing things from the location and he was like, attracting things from somewhere else that made it look like it could be from there mm-hmm. so yeah attachments hard to explain i like to call them associations more than an attachment because people get scared by it but you know whatever. Well, i'm not sure what an attachment is so people think that they're like have something that they can't get rid of on their own and they need like external okay, forces to get rid of it it's like is it just like there's like a little dark thing near you because technically like your relatives are your attachments too because they're following you around i don't know that's why i'm like confused i'm like what exactly is it i think people think attachments are like a spiritual barnacle okay so you need someone else to help you get rid of it because it's something that you can't do on your own got you yeah which is why they're more scared of it and that's why people call us and email us and are like can you get rid of my attachment And i'm like i don't think you have a spiritual barnacle you just have a cookie in your pocket and you can take it out yourself and throw it away. Got you. Yeah. So next one. What I learned is associated to crossing souls over. So at haunted locations, everyone asks us, why aren't you crossing souls over? Why aren't you crossing souls over? A lot of the souls that are at these haunted locations are not stuck there. They have the ability to go back and forth. This is a place where they had a lot of their lives. There are a lot of association there. So they have the ability to go there and to go back to the spirit realm. However, the thing that blows my mind is we went to Madison Seminary and there was a girl there in what they call the mind warp room. I'm not sure what her name is because they didn't have a name for her soul. 
but I feel like we crossed her over because I don't know Madison was like very weird for me because I feel like we have past lives associated to asylums and I feel like Liv had a past life as like an autistic boy because you had a lot of association to the boy that was in Madison and then I had a past life where I did something associated to like like hallucinations that was the disorder that I had but because my disorder was so drastic they put me in the asylum at a very young age to which I developed DID because of the trauma that I experienced in this place so what was weird is that this soul that I crossed over there is another another soul there called the surgeon that's what they refer to him as and he was explaining to me that he People think he's, like, this horrible person, but he's, like, I was just trying to help people in the way in which modern medicine from his time knew how, and that involved a lot of experimentations in regards to, like, the mental head space, whatever. So a lot of the things that they were trying to figure out if they, like, worked or whatever caused a lot of fatality. A lot of people died from it. And he said it was a horrible job to have, but I was still trying to help these people. And what he explained is that he left, like, he lost part of himself doing that. A lot of his, like, trauma, anger, whatever, was associated to this time, and it left a fragment of his soul there. And when I say fragment, I use that very, like, loosely. It was, like, a memory of him, if that makes sense. Because I believe that separation is an illusion that we are all togetherness. But... When we went there and talked to this woman's soul, he was explaining that crossing over that fragment of her helped her become more whole. So that is the thing that we did while we were there. And the reason, the way in which we did that is because my soul, my past life, had a lot of similarities to hers and vice versa. So being able to understand her from a soul level allowed her to accept things about herself in order to cross that over. So it was like a fragment going back to the body. So if you understand like Naruto clones, the clone went back to the main body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Another thing I learned was vibrations and frequencies from past lives to current mediumship. So M brought this to my attention because I didn't know it was a thing. But when we were at Fairfield, we were talking to the soul of a woman named Margaret, presumably. And during our conversation with her, there was this like, I perceived this sort of security guard or like nurse guard walking down the hallway and I was like, oh man, he doesn't feel cool. I don't want him to know us, know that we're here because I just want to talk to a human soul because I'm scared because we're at an asylum in the middle of the night and it's freaking cold and scary. And uh, I thought that it was Margaret who sort of like moved timelines a little bit because this man, the soul of this man was on a different timeline or like a slightly different than the one she was on to keep him from noticing us. Also, we were at Fairfield, right? We were at a poor farm. Yeah. Yeah. Poor farm. Not an asylum. That's true. Yeah. And um, it was weird because I thought Margaret, the soul that we were talking to, did this. And I was like, no, I think you did it. 
So when we go places and there's a lot of history and a lot of different timelines that can exist or souls on different timelines there, I see them kind of like projected images of people and things happening, but each projected image image is sort of on like a different view. So you have like the foreground, the middle ground, and then the background. So I'll see them layered kind of like that, where ones that are closest to me can be things that are happening more close to the time period we're in and the farther back they are the different time period they're in or like a farther time period and I guess it's not necessarily that much it's more like a clear cognizant knowing too of what time period they're in and a little bit of other like clear associated information but I do I see them like layered and M said oh well you have a past life as a siren and I was like well yeah and then you said well, sirens have the ability to manipulate frequencies. That's why sailors think that they are singing, but it's also why people don't like people don't think they exist in this realm. And it's because they have the ability to tune their frequencies to slip through time and space. Mm-hmm. So you do the same thing here and now. You flip through timelines like radio stations in order to figure out which one you want to be on. So in this example of a scary man coming you just flipped the timeline so he was on a lower timeline than you were mm-hmm. which is weird so to give another example people always want to know like um how do you talk to souls souls human souls exist on a certain frequency and us being alive or having a soul in our physical body is what grounds us here but when you don't have that anymore you exist at a higher upper frequency which is where soul or spirits exist in like heaven So when people say, I want to raise my vibration, that's like something that they're talking about so they can perceive that channel frequency of energy. But I guess I just switch through them, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So much so that when we were at the conjuring house with Amanda, I use it like a protective thing because Mm -hmm. we were in the library and we weren't getting a lot of hits on our ghost hunting equipment. And M pointed out that it was my fault (laughs) because I was changing the energy frequency to only allow certain things in the room like mess with the equipment so you were scared yeah yep but i don't know how to control that yet maybe that'll be something we talk about in spiritual spankings 2024 (laughs) hopefully so next one is astral projection so my spiritual spanking there is that i didn't realize that i was astral projecting astral projection is essentially like a lot of times people are asleep when they're doing this but it's where your soul sort of leaves your body and is able to like explore the world metaphysical space freely but you're still tied or tethered to your body so you can go back to it um but what's interesting is because you're like a soul level like you're pulling your soul out of your body you're stepping out of physical time so a lot of people may be astral projecting but they may have no idea because it could happen within a few seconds few milliseconds because we're stepping outside of time doing things so on the other side it may be like three four years of us doing things whereas in the physical realm it could have happened for a few seconds So you may not be aware that you're astral projecting because you are stepping out of time. So for me specifically, a lot of the times I will astral project, feel exhausted when I wake up. And when it happens, it's kind of like a nothingness happens. And then I'll get dreams of where I was. And I'll specifically remember what the dream is because I don't normally remember dreams. 
But there are also times where I will have an awareness of coming back to my body and I will see like there's usually a soul that leads me back to my body. I'll see that soul and I'll see like myself sitting in a chair or I'll feel like I'm being rushed back into my body and I'll wake up the second it happens, that sort of thing. Or I'll even hear voices but not see anything because clairvoyance is not my strongest ability. It's usually clairaudience and claircognizance. I'll hear people's voices that aren't in the room because I probably am astral projecting to them. To yeah. infinity and beyond. Astral projection. It freaks me out. Live astral projects. You remember that time where I uh, told you that you should wake me up in the middle of the night, specifically at like, what, 3 a.m. or something, and then I woke up and texted you? You were a half hour late, though. Mm-hmm. You had to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and you told me that you'll only believe it if I do that, and then I did that, and you still don't believe it, so. I know, because my brain's like, well, maybe her subconscious brain is like, knows when 3 a.m. is, and no. then you just woke up at 3 a.m. Well, then why did I wake up at 3.30 and not 3? I thought you woke up at 3, but you forgot to text me. No. Oh. I texted you the second I woke up. Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm just I don't think I that night project I was I woke up sitting up straight <laughs> I remember like floating into my body and sitting there like not conscious seeing things because my eyes were open but I was, wasn't in my body that's just it's odd I don't know uh-huh I, wanna, I know I want to believe it so bad I mean if I do astral project then maybe that's why I'm just continually exhausted I never feel like I sleep enough and I always have crazy dreams so mm-hmm but you're welcome maybe that'll be another 2024 thing that i talk about (laughs) em was right i was wrong we'll see (laughs) okay the next thing i wrote is uh having a baby is the ultimate shadow work and i would say like shadow work trigger is what it is i feel like any big life event is going to be a shadow work trigger but that's my 2024 one or 2023 one I put, let's talk about how the inner child being born really makes you have a talk with your inner child. (laughs) That's my joke. Yeah. Anyways, I put, sometimes it's like whispers that you can't quite hear that shadow work, that inner child that's talking to you when this event or an event like this happens. And then sometimes it's like loud ass fucking shouts with a blow horn in your face, but it all just depends because I feel like a lot of things have come up since Oak's been born shadow work wise, but a lot of things really haven't. And those are the things that I'm still struggling to figure out. And I'm sure as he grows up, more things are going to come about. But I feel like a lot of people listen to us, but they don't know what shadow work is or what an inner child is. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit more because so many people in the spiritual metaphysical community talk about it, but I just wanted to give a little more context instead of like using words and then things that people have to use to figure out contextually what it is. So what is an inner child and what is shadow work? If you hadn't heard of what shadow work is in a spiritual term, it's basically just therapy. But in a more psychological explanation, it is the repressed id or uncoordinated instinctual desires which are overshadowed by your ego or coordinated moral sense of self. So like in psychology class, you have the id, the ego, and the superego. You can think of your id as like your Moldahar chakra, like the safety, security, unconscious needs that you need for yourself. And then your ego is the thing that helps you understand like your representation of who you are. 
and that's formed more by like outside sources but your egotistical or ego interactions with other people like who people are on the outside is what affects your id or that inner child because your id is your inner child isn't that cool got you so your id or your inner child are very intertwined you is kind you is smart you is important is kind of what i like to say to help understand what your inner child is and that's a quote from the help but you since your inner child is your subconscious set of personal feelings and mentality shaped from your interactions with another person's ego it's almost like the inner child is what is being overshadowed by your ego so it's that repressed sense of self that your ego sort of makes that and that's why they call it shadow work Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah well shadow work is you understanding your shadow quote unquote the things that you want to keep hidden so it's usually repressed memories Mm -hmm. yeah that's what the uh, spiritual explanation of shadow work is but I just thought that was cool Mm -hmm. to understand that it's just your inner child that is being repressed and shattered or a shadow cast on it by your ego and the things that have happened to you. So it's a lot of things that I'm going on with and I just wanted to talk about it. Got you. Yeah. Do you have another one? Yeah. Um, ley lines make things haunted. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you don't know what a ley line is, a ley line is like an energy stream that is associated to earth. So we did podcasts associated to earth chakras. These are the things that connect the earth chakras. So if you've ever watched Naruto, the chakra system, there are lines that go to the chakra points. That is what we're talking about. Now, people, because we are a part of the earth, we are the part of the earth's energy and are associated to the energy signature points, chakra, whatever. So because of that, we have the ability to sense where these ley lines are, and we also have the ability to sort of move and change them over time. And because of that, we have placed these huge, momentous, historical, like, building things on top of them. So, like, the pyramids and things like that. And they figured out that these ley lines can be drawn straight across, connecting each one of these huge historical monuments. And again, that is solely because of our brains can just pick up that sort of energy. But the reason why we're talking about this is the person that taught me about ley lines was the Arnold man at the Conjuring House because the Conjuring House sits on two ley lines specifically. So the man in the Conjuring House was showing me, like, people walking across, like, next to the water body, like the stream, whatever it was. And they like walk up and down it. And he was explaining that this creates a a ley line associated to how the earth is. And also it's a path that a lot of people cross. you got to explain that you were talking to Mr. Arnold, who is the man who built the conjuring house in the 1600s. Well, I didn't know who he was. I just know he was an Arnold man. Oh, okay. I wasn't there for the tour. Yeah. I just want everyone else to know how old of a soul you were talking to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, the Conjuring House is old as shit, so I'm not surprised. It's like 1600s or something yeah. it was built. So. 1638, I believe. Yeah. 
But we always thought that there, there was like a portal with the conjuring house, but it's not a portal. It's because there's two ley lines crossing. So he was showing me one of them. And then I feel like the other one is like underground or somewhere because they tell me about the like well and the water moving underneath the ground and stuff like that. So these two ley lines, it's kind of like two rivers hitting each other. So when you have two water bodies hitting each other, they start swirling and spinning. And that's what creates this sort of whirlwind portal feeling. So it's not that there is a portal there necessarily. It's that these two ley lines make things stupid active. Which is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Because we need at least one F-bomb in here. I've been trying to be good. I got one more for you. Okay. So we can talk about your angels. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to know everything about anything. Otherwise, we would have no point in existing. That is the last thing I learned this year because a lot of people on the interwebs are like, you're a psychic medium. If you're a psychic medium, tell me my name. Tell me the winning lottery numbers. Tell me all of these things. And I'm like, that is not my job because at the end of the day, Em and I don't control the information that we're able to exist like get as a psychic as a medium through spirit metaphysical energies if you will uh higher spiritual beings do that for us so we're limited in what we're allowed to understand and know because if we knew everything we wouldn't be here and there wouldn't be a reason for existing yeah so i've been talking to angels a lot lately like my spirit guides here my angels like i have an angel that is a spirit guide and they have been telling me more about this because they tell me that I am able to pick up information that can infringe upon people's free will and I need to understand how that can change people's perceptions and change people's choices based upon what I tell them. So what is shared is important and I need to be aware of that as a medium, but souls, higher spiritual beings are also aware of this as well. So the way they explain it to me is it's like, the archangels that are directly associated to humanity are kind of like the line judges for the game that we're playing. They are the ones that make the rules. They are the ones that say this is allowed, this is not allowed, this is a penalty, that sort of thing for us, but also for the souls that are communicating with us. So a lot of times souls will be like, I can't share this or I need to go check to see if I can share this. And it is them figuring out or looking at the timelines with these higher spiritual beings, hence archangels, in order to figure out if this information can be sensitive and cause an infringement on someone's free will. So an infringement of someone's free will would be kind of like if you're supposed to get a surgery and a medium picked up, oh, the surgery is not going to go well. That takes away your choice because now you know what's going to happen. So you end up not getting the surgery. So those are the types of things that we don't generally get because it's not useful information, number one, and it takes away your free will to choose. And that takes away the human experience. And some things like names and other stuff just aren't important because it doesn't have to do with the meat and potatoes of what well, I mean, the solar it, it, spirit is actually supposed to be getting through. Well, names specifically are dependent on like if you're good at getting names. Mm -hmm. We are not. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to get names, but like it depends on if you're allowed to get that name. So if you ask me, who's your soul, like who's your soulmate? What's the name of my soulmate? Most likely I can't tell you that because you're going to be looking for this person and not looking for anyone else. Mm -hmm. And that infringes upon what yeah. you were supposed to be doing or could but be doing. You can get names like if you're talking to a soul and they tell you their name. 
Liv and I just suck at that because we <laughs> suck at it with physical people. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just not important. So they're like, mm, it doesn't matter. But anyways, that is the last thing that I wanted to talk about with things that we've learned in 2023 for our spiritual spanking. Spectacular! I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> cool. I don't know what that is. Oh my God. It's fabulous. I love it. But they use extravaganza. That was one of his favorite words. Mm-hmm. But anyways, right. <laughs> we hope you all had a lovely 2023 and we hope you have a safe and happy ringing in of 2024. Thank you all for making Metapsychics fabulous. What is it? A spiritual extravaganza for this year. And we can't wait till next year. But until then, we are your Metapsychics. Oh. <laughs>